Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third-tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. How to identify markets, how to get deals, and how to increase the amount of value you get in deals. That's everything we're going to be talking about today. Um going into new markets, evaluating those markets, which we've been just had tons of questions on, and then what we're currently doing, development, building, and finding those opportunities so you can get huge increased cash flow and hiring. That's what we're talking about. We got a lot to go over. It's been such a busy week. I'll cue the intro music, and then let's get started. Thanks, everybody, and welcome to Self-Storage Inc. Okay, guys, so this week we have been, I mean, it's, it's one of those weeks where to say busy is an understatement. I'm still trying to get through it. That's why this is even coming out late. Um, but it has just been an exciting week. And I, you know, it, it's hard to complain when you have opportunity and you're, you're just running out of time and means to capitalize on all of it. So we've been changing how we work internally as an organization to capitalize on more, um, um, on more opportunity to be able to scale. Plus, we have a new facility and a new development going on. So let me, or a new development we're looking at. We haven't, haven't pulled the trigger. So let me kind of roll back here real quick. I want to talk about markets um, we made a video on this on YouTube. We've already had another podcast completely on this. It's like, and the reason why we're doing multiple ones is it's by far right now the most, the most asked of any other question in your guys' email, in our discussions, in my calls with you guys, in looking at properties. This is the, the right. This is the topic, and. This is something that we have been very fortunate with my organization and what we've created in the process, and we've done a very good job out of from it. The reason being is we had a past where maybe we didn't do such a good job and made a mistake, and we corrected things. It's also um, because we are what I would say fairly meticulous. Um, when you're not doing a hundred deals a year, right? I mean, I was talking to this guy and he was saying how they're doing 40 to 50 deals a year. And I'm like, what? It's not like they have this just ginormous company. It was them and like six other people. And I'm sitting here going, the logistics alone of making every one of those I guess, and this, maybe that's the point. They don't need it. They don't really care if they're rock stars, right? Which for me, I'm, I, I want to do a lot of deals. We're ramping up and we're creating a system to do more deals, which we're going to talk about because I know a lot of people are like, but are we headed for a recession or, and, you know, what's going to happen? Which I think we are. But um, I want to do more. I would like to do in quarter, but I was thinking like four deals next year in one development. And that would be massive. 
um, that would be huge for my organization and what we're trying to do. And I know a lot of people are like, I just want one deal. Um, if you're dealing with smaller numbers, it's more important for your first deal. Like for us, when we got started, uh, it was, it, this was supposed to be the fuel that would catapult us. So it was more important to me that I did a really good job. Whereas, you know, for individuals like this that are doing 40 to 50 deals, they're really just trying to get their spread, put investors' money, they capitalize on the fees they charge, and then they just basically needed to perform better than average and be stabilized, and they're good with it. That's not me, right? Um, that's not my system. That's not how I work. I want rock stars, and we want to show you guys how to find rock stars because in self-storage, there's lots of them, and that's why we're here, right? That's what we're talking about, and markets is very fundamental in that because there's two sides of getting your increase and getting the upside in your facility. The first side is operations and what you can do. Actually, I'll say that's the second side because the market just doesn't matter. Like I'm not going to go and compete against the market. You will always lose, right? I don't care how good I am. And uh, we see people that are building and buying in markets where there's so much supply coming onto the market and uh, they're saying things about how they think they can give a better offering. They think they can do all these different um, you know, things. That I, and I just kind of look at that and I'm like, uh, doesn't, you know, you don't, you, you don't even have a facility yet. And I'm telling you right now, I couldn't compete in that market with all my employees and technology and resources that I've created over the last six, seven, eight years. And, uh, you know, yeah, I just, I'm at a loss. So I don't do that game. I don't, I don't play it. I think that's a really quick way to get burned. So um, go back to, or go to YouTube, check out, we do an in, a very in-depth thing on demographics and competitors, which we show up on self-storage income on YouTube. And then also our last podcast, we spend a lot of time on this guys. It's important. So when I look at the market, I'm trying to find not an oversupplied market. We found one with a great facility that has huge upside potential. When we're looking at upside, everybody remember, I'm not talking future. I'm talking about today's performance. Turn it around today at today's markets, what I can get out of it. The spread between what that asset can do today in its current market and what it's currently doing. This is my margin of safety. This is my upside. When I buy a deal, it's got to be good. But when I get done, it's got to be amazing. And this has never been more important. And why? Because of timing. Listen, we're looking at a development, and I was having discussions with, you know, uh, a lot of you guys know Paul Moore. Um, Paul Moore is a friend of mine, a uh, trusted colleague. I really value his advice. Um, and it, it's so important for me to surround myself with people that are really good so I can just call up and talk over situations that may be having. That, I mean, this was the whole premise that we've launched the you know inner circle this week because people need this. This is what makes you successful, and this is stuff that I can give. And Paul's the same way. I mean, me, uh, we're a part of uh, I'm part of two masterminds, or and um, it you know this is just really really intrinsic. And one of it is these kind of discussions. I'm looking at doing this development. And I wanted to call around and ask some people because I, I, it's not that I don't know, but I want to see it from other points of views because, of course, I can always miss something. And it was funny. I was even talking to the people that were joining the inner circle about this where I'm going to ask them. I want more eyes on my deals. 
because that limits the amount of mines that may be hidden that I may step on, right? And it's and right now we're in that market where this is important. We're at the top of the market. I'm doing a development and we're, we're trying to get it done. And I know that sometime in the lifespan of this development, we're hitting a recession. Let's talk about this then. So what does that look like? And how do I account for this, right? So how do I look at this and say, this deal is a good deal, a bad deal, should I walk away? If there's a recession coming, should I not buy it? A lot of people struggle with this, which is understandable. It's important. And I used to be that way. And then I've developed a framework to, com- to, to really think this through and how we underwrite and view. The end of the day, I cannot time markets and I don't want to try. I believe that performance, asset availability will essentially do that for me and I'll let the market tell me. So how's that work? In down markets, I'm doing a lot more deals. In top markets, I'm doing a lot less deals, but I don't change my, like, I'm not like, well, you know, this market may not be good, so I'll just expect less returns. I I, I really don't do that. Um, And some people are like, well, then you're not going to be doing as many deals. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally okay with that, Um, right? If I do... If I get two storage facilities done next year, that's that's awesome. That's 160,000 square feet for me. That's, um, I mean, you know, that's that's a 16%, well, 10% growth on my portfolio. And when we're at the top of a market, if those are good deals, that's great. Now I'm shooting for four. I'm shooting for four deals, one development. Um, this is part of my structure that I'm going over with my inner circle because I have to do the format that they have to do too. I have to walk them through the same thing. And I've put together my four deals, um, one development for next year. And I understand that in this development cycle, it takes usually about five years. Let's say if the land's zoned and everything, let's say I start today um, and we get our permits It'll take two years before we open, and then I project three years to stabilization because within that five-year period of time, I 100% believe we will be in a recession. So I have to change my metrics for that, and I have to change how um, I'm looking or feeling. I need to explain this because I don't want you guys to get the wrong uh, idea of what I mean when I say I change my metrics. I don't change my expectations on results or asset performance. I change the metrics in the development cycle of things like fill-up rate. So before, three years ago, when we did our developments and conversions, we would be right around a year and a half. I'm doubling that. And I'm saying that if we have a recession before or after, it's going to take me three years to get to stabilization, Okay. Um, and this is something we'll talk about uh, more in the future on development projections. We, we need to do an entire episode just on developments, and it's a good time to do it. So um, we'll get that done for you guys. Uh, but when I'm, when I'm underwriting this deal, I, uh, the reason I'm going down with this deal is because I believe that even in a five-year five period of time, we can hit all of our projections, and it can generate... Um, we are looking at a 230% return, which gets us over our 20% annual. And um, have uh, we would we we would do the project 
um, for about 10 million and it would be worth somewhere between, and we're conservative. I'm not saying, ah, four cap, no, six cap. And this isn't a first tier market. Um, first one we've done in a first tier market, but, um, it would be somewhere in the range of 20 to 22 million. This is a huge deal, right? I mean, this is a huge deal. The, the deal that we just bought and we're going to do a turnaround, it was a couple million. I think it was one, 2.5, right? Um, so to move on to this, it, it's a big deal. And that's why too, I'm okay with the length and the period of time. And I'm okay with, um, everything that'll go into it and the work and the money without even making the cash flow. Now I offset that with buying cash flow properties. Remember my, my thing for next year, four properties, one development, um, hedging for recessions, different, demo, uh, different locations. So I, I work through these things, but I do expect a recession to hit, but I'm still buying and I'm still developing because what I'm doing is I'm making sure that that asset is good when I turn it around as enough um, to weather the storm. I don't, I'm not flipping you guys. I'm about getting my cash flow, bringing it in house, deploying it out again, and getting that return again. Hence the compounding nature that I'm going after. Um, developments can be a huge bump in that in that process. Um, but they're a whole nother animal and especially in first tier markets, especially developments like that. Now they're crazy fun. And, uh, you know, for you guys getting into it, um, if you've either got one or you're buying, I think at some point you should do a development because you get to create. So if you're an experienced self-storage investor, you see these problems with these facilities that you're building and you get to create your own and how it should function. And we've just, we've had a lot of fun and got to build what we would say is, you know, a almost perfect facility. And that's exciting um, for what it can do to you and your portfolio and really move it forward. So it is a mix during these times that I'm doing. So this week we have been trying to get this information and everything on the development to look at it every which way because of the increased risk. I really don't want to take, um, uh, or I really don't want any bad surprises. So I've been working with Paul Moore as well as others in this process. Um, and I have other friends that I've reached out to. And, it, you know, we've been rolling out um, the inner circle. And we I've been talking to, I have several of you guys that, I, that I've been on the phone with and taking emails. We're talking about this and I sense it with you guys wanting to know more about markets, finding the right location. Um, and that's great. You guys reaching out to other people, getting help. Um, this is guys, this makes the difference, right? This makes the difference of being really successful and, um, finding out too late that you made a mistake that could have probably been avoided. So this week, between our new property, working on employment, um, which is our next point here that I want to hit on. Once again, these podcasts that are not interview style, guys, I'm giving you an update, real time, real life, what I'm doing. I'm trying to be as absolutely transparent as possible. I'm trying to be an open book so you guys can see the steps along the way. You know, you 
I hope you guys are along with me in this journey and you're going to be like, you know, in two years we'll be sitting down and you're going to be like, oh yeah, I remember what, what you thought about that development and, you know, where you're at now with that. And um, you guys will see. And if I make mistakes, you guys are going to hear about it and you're going to know. Um, and the reason why is I don't think there's, I, I like this and doing these two podcasts a week, one interview style, but then other to follow along my journey. And as we're growing and trying to achieve our goals, um, it is because that's others did that for me and I was able to team up with people and get help. And that's, that made the difference. So I hope this stuff makes a difference from you as you learn from us um, and see the different opportunities that are out there and how we're executing on them. And the inner circle, you know, this is one of those things that when we're coming together for those members that, you know, really want to pay and come into it, we're devoting a ton of time to this. This is a, I'm a part of two other ones and it's been a huge part of this week because we're looking at evaluating each other's deals. Like I'm, I'm opening up my books to these people. I'm showing them deals I'm doing. I'm looking at theirs. We're breaking up into groups. We're looking at markets We're, um, you know, I've just sensed a need and many of you have too, but a need to change strategies and a need for more help as we're at the top of the market. And just because we're at the top of the market, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm not, I don't want to slow down. Um, you know, I'm chasing this, this, this lifestyle that um, I want. I love what I do. And I'm such a big believer in it. I don't want to sit around. I don't like waiting for markets. Um, but you got to be smart and you got to look at different ones. So we're just so excited about the things that are going on for next year and how we can approach these things and what we can look at. But most importantly, what are the activities that are going to move the needle for us, right? What is going to make you have real change? What am I going to have that makes me real change? And um, for me, the inner circle, that was that was it. I need more deals. I want to partner up with people. Um, I have so many of you guys that I've been talking to uh, on deals, looking at it, and it's it's um, it's been tremendous value. So I, I appreciate your guys' feedback. I appreciate what you're into the podcast. And, you know, talking about some of the things and issues that we're seeing is, is like employment, like we're talking about with this other one. Um, I don't know about all your guys' markets, but in all my markets, employment is so tight right now. And it is hard to find quality people and people that we want to join our team that we want to invest in, that we want to um, really put the time and effort because we have a pretty big training platform. Um, it, the training platform is something that um, we've set up. It's I have it digitally and then we have in-person training models um, and we use technology to roll this stuff out to train our um, employees so that we can make sure that we have accountability metrics to measure so that we can make sure that operations are, um, uh, are at its best. Cause that, that's the second part, right? That, that makes a huge difference. You're in a good market. You can still have a bad facility. Um, and that's where we try to take them over. We try to improve these things and our employees are at the forefront of this. I, you know, we do, we do, um, retreats where we bring them all in and it's like a two, three day event and we'll take them to the, 
the mountains and we go over everything we're trying to achieve. Then we walk all our employees um, through training. And two, one of the best things about what we do with our employees on this matter is I take all their feedback. So we're looking at all these different locations, all these different facilities, different off offerings. I'm taking all the feedback from the management or uh, for our management at our facilities. And then I'm taking that in and we're building out um, policies and procedures and we're building out avenues to capitalize on opportunity and fill in the holes, right? And that's one of the huge benefits that we have of having, you know, 12 facilities over a million square feet is the feedback we get is tremendous. We're seeing so much with converted facilities to developments, to third tier markets, to big markets, to second tier markets, and the differences, which helps us dial into opportunity. Um, I was talking with um, uh, Mike on the phone, one of our, our um, listeners to the podcast, and he reached out to me and we connected and we were discussing this and this effect that uh, uh, you know, feedback loops. And so I'm a big believer in feedback loops. So a feedback loop is your, um, your ability to take in information, make a decision and close that feedback loop into action. And one of the problems I think I had early on is I had huge feedback loops. I was slow to take in information, correct and move forward. And that is how we progress. And the smaller your feedback loops, the quicker you are to solve problems, the quicker you are to get things done. But that can be limited based upon information, right? Because one of the essential parts of feedback loops is bringing in information, but then dissecting it, figuring out which one's right, and which one's wrong. And uh, so that was one of the key reasons Mike was um, coming in, wanted to be part of the inner circles to receive this information and get this feedback loop. And as we were discussing this, um, I, you know, I, I telling them that one of our major reasons that we can do this effectively and do this really, really quickly is through um, all of our employees. So we get to see these different situations. And that is a reason why it's so important for us to keep these employees for a long time retraining people is expensive, you guys. Your managers make a difference. And having those people come on and then leave, it's not just the time to train them and everything like that, but it's a knowledge transfer. These people know their facilities, right? They get to know everything about it. And uh, we need that knowledge. and We need to be able to capture it, to uh, grow and move forward. And the higher turnover you have, the more that makes it just impossible. You become retroactive instead of proactive. I do not like being retroactive. So um, with that said, we are trying right now a bunch of different things to find the right people, bring them on, and really, you know, really help them be successful. Um, so it, it, it's hard because markets are tight, I know, I feel with you guys, um, some of our listeners have multiple facilities and talking to them and how hard of a time they are trying to either replace managers or find new ones. So when working on the operational side, this can be a challenge in tight markets where you know, five years ago, this was not a problem at all. We could get rock stars. So we do lots of in, uh, investing into them through bonuses, through different 
avenues and we just had our Christmas parties and things that we really want to encourage them to be a part of the family because too as we know um, self-storage your operational expense uh, salaries are a huge portion of that and it's not something that um, we can get uh, we don't have enough revenue to pay a ton so you really need to look at how you can incentivize and make this job rewarding for those people. That's really, really important. Um, it goes back to this idea of surrounding yourself with the right people, the people that want to help you on your journey, the people that want to create opportunity for you. So I feel like I'm kind of going on these rants, but it's just this week has been so full of gold nuggets. And I know you guys have it where you're like, man, this week I got a ton done. But it wasn't just that I got you, you got stuff done. You closed off feedback loops and you move forward. And that's really good because we're moving into the new year and between our new facility, our development, and the inner circle that we have going on and we're launching this week, I feel that we're setting a foundation for next year's goals to come come forward and come through. And we've got a lot of last minute stuff we're trying to wrap up with everything from getting solar panels to get extra tax credits on the facilities to um, depreciation things that we're doing to try to make sure we get it all in before the year ends. And yes, I know what you're saying. You're like, AJ, it's mid-December. I got it. I know. I'm still trying to do it. But we're, we're, we're uh, getting there and um, lots and lots of good, good things going on. So guys, let me know. I hope that this has helped you. I hope that I didn't say so, so many times that you're dying. And I hope that you guys um, are uh, interested in how we're making things happen. Once again, your feedback has been tremendous. I, I, I can't thank you guys enough. You guys really, you really do help us in our organization. And you've given me so many ideas. You've made me think bigger. You caused me to compliment uh, contemplate a lot of questions where I have to look into our operations to bring to light to you to explain things, which is good for us because it puts us on a path of self-discovery. So it, there it goes again. Um, I just think, thank you guys for everything you're doing. And if you don't hear from me in the next podcast before Christmas, but I think this one comes out this weekend. So you should hear from me. Um, Ha, uh, let's make sure this holidays we don't work too hard, but you focus a lot on next year, making sure the foundations that you're building today are coming, uh, are, are laying the pathway for next year as we're trying to wrap it up. That's really important and really important to us and our team, and we're going through it right now. Another reason, once again, why we're having the inner circle. And it's just pushing forward and cultivating that ground to breed opportunity. It's a constant thing where you're. I feel like you're cultivating and you're harvesting. I come from farmer background, so my families are all farmers. Uh, but it is. It's cultivating farming, right? And you have to be doing that in this business simultaneously. I'm trying to create opportunity. I'm trying to improve operations and capitalize on opportunity. Thanks, everybody, for this, uh, this episode, and I hope you guys have a great weekend.